0: Hello everybody and welcome to Flawless, a music podcast. My name is Liam and I am joined in the digital meaning by my two co-hosts, George.
1: Hello there.
0: And Grant. Hello there, music fans. Each episode (laughs) of Flawless, we, a co-host or a guest nominates an album that they think is flawless and we talk about how they discovered it, why they love it, and then at the end we decide if we agree that it's flawless or not. Uh, We have a bunch of things, so Patreon, networks, Facebook, Twitter, uh, especially our new Facebook group, Flawless Friends and Family. And uh, that's the best place for you to come and join the conversation and share with us your feelings on us and the music that you love. So you can find the links to all of those things in the show notes, so check that out if you can. So as I have introduced the show, you may have guessed that it's my turn to nominate an album, and I'm sticking on my Australian album thing, That I've got going on Uh, Not quite as old as the last one Not going back to the 90s So this time I'm jumping into 2007 To nominate the second studio album From Sydney Two Piece The Mess Hall And it's called Devil's Elbow Boom. Boom. So the mess hall are Jed Kurtzel, who plays uh, vocals and guitar primarily, but also Ta-da! the organ, the piano, and the vibraphone on this uh, album. There he goes. And then Sess Condon, who plays drums and does a little bit of backing vocals as well. Uh, I have no I have no idea. That seemed like a fairly safe assumption to make, but um yeah, Can I, ask, I know he's on Cesc? Facebook. Sure, I tried to track Cecil. him down as sort of because I'm Please a huge Sess yes. fan and uh, I've been trying to track him down and keep up to date with all his projects really and everything. So I know he's be. on Facebook as just Sess. So, yeah, I don't know what if that's his full name or if he's normally Cecil. Yes or Cecil? So uh, one of the reasons I'm a huge Messhole fan, so I, these are one of the bands that I discovered more almost uh, more as a I'm live act before I started Cecil. getting their recorded stuff. Yes or stuff. Cecil? Uh, and one of the reasons I am a huge fan is that Sess is a master on the drums. He's an amazing performer to watch. He's he's about six six and a half feet, so a bit over two meters tall, and he is all like very skinny legs and arms. And when he plays, he's just flailing. He's just this ball of energy. And it, at, the, at the time, he had a bit of a afro going as well, like not a huge big one, but just like a, like his hair was sort of tight and curly. And so, yeah, as he flails himself about, mm-hmm. it's a uh, it's a wonder to watch, and I've always enjoyed a start that to be seen in play. Yeah, right. yeah. So, which which makes a good counterpoint because Jed is himself is usually quite sort of stands I'm quite still for most of his, even in the big power rock song, which we'll talk about right as we now. go through. Um, but that yeah, he's normally point. quite calm and controlled, and even though he might be bellowing into the mic, but then Cess really sort of counterpoints that with a, a huge energy, which I really love. And how many times
1: have you seen them?
0: So they <laughs> they're not touring anymore. Um, I probably saw them maybe ten times. Um, so yeah, that, that's yeah, it's that that's probably pretty one. standard for one of my musical fandoms. So they they first came onto the uh, scene with an EP called so "The Feeling Sideways then. EP," which had a song that got a bit of Triple J and Radio Airplay and stuff. And then right, so right from then, I was a big fan. That was. Right around the time when sort of Kings of Leon and um, the Black Keys and stuff were doing a lot of their stuff as well, yeah. so they were yeah, right, right in that sort of mold of like dirty country blues sort of stuff, and and being a two piece as well. I've always loved a good two piece as well. They sort of burst out a, and then yeah. had their first album, which I really love as well. Like I could, I think I could make a case for that being flawless as well, but I just I think out of the two of them, this is probably the superior album.
1: So what are they, and, and they opened their tour was was the Foo Fighters? Yes. This? When this opened as well,
0: mm, yeah, yeah. So they've, yeah, they they were quite well known. So they were on Ivy League Records, which was one of the well known indie labels here in Australia. So they're definitely the kind of band that you could pick. Mm. And obviously, being a two piece, you wouldn't need a huge stage setup. You could just take a set of drums up there. So when they did play, um, Seth was always front of stage as well. So that they didn't have, he wasn't sort of back with the where the drum kit normally is. He was right up next yeah. to, next to Jed as well, which was always really cool as well. Mm, yeah, which is really great for a two-piece.
2: Yeah. Nice. That's mm. really cool. That's really yeah. good. So
1: that'd be interesting. And and, and yeah, how, does it, how does this like, compare to than just the, like the on live riser at the back versions like, of these? Yeah, why not do on um, the front too. This two? This space for me. Awesome. Mixing like wow, it would be a sensory overload or like yeah, recorded stuff for like. He does. He
0: does use loop pedals. So that's the other part. One of the other reasons that I love this album. So their first album is not quite as heavily produced as this album. Yeah, does he use a loop pedal? um, Stuff like that. I didn't get the producer's name, but it's more sort of, I guess, a bit rawer, and just the way it was recorded wasn't quite as clean and smooth. And then along came a guy named Burke Reed, who is in a band or was in a band called Girling, who were really cool. And then he produced this album for them and he sort of brought in a lot of the different elements in there. So a lot of sort of the pianos and that sort of stuff. So in their first album, it was much more straightforward, just one set of drums, one set of guitars. He did a bit of looping, but generally it was much more straightforward. And so Mm -hmm. Burke Burke brought an extra level of production to it and um, yeah, just some extra layers and that sort of thing. And then when they toured this album, Burke actually joined them on tour because as well as the producer, he was in a band himself. And so he would play a lot of the keys and a lot of the electronic stuff on the side oh, okay. on the side of the stage. And then if there were multiple guitar parts, yeah, Jed um, loops the guitar parts around. But there you go. not in that way. You know how there's the really, and I'm not, this is derogatory at all, but you know how there's a really showy way of doing loop stuff? Like you, you're almost pointing out to the audience, hey, look at me. I'm doing one awesome. guitar part, I'm doing another, and I'm doing another. And um, I, I love that when it happens. And I've got albums that I will nominate where that has happened. But this is not quite as showy as that. Like you you almost don't notice that he's doing it. Like he just sort of pulls it together on the stage as it happens. I I am a huge <laughs> fan, yeah, and it's it's really disappointing that they um they not so they did a third album after this that Burke Reed also produced, but that one so yeah, that was way fan, less then, rocky. Yeah. It was much more laid back and sort of smooth stuff. So I wasn't a big fan of that one. And then they they never officially announced they were breaking up, but they just sort of disappeared. Mm. They did for yes, it for yeah. this album twenty five grand. Yes, and
2: so they won the Australian yeah, so Music Prize for this album.
0: Hmm. And the thing about the thing, the Australian Music grand. Prize is one of my favorite. And they were nominated um, awards and music prizes other that you years get as
2: well. Because basically, so what it says is so there's won always won. been a
0: cash, a big cash element to it. So basically, it's always going to be bands who you know have made a bit of a bit of noise, they've got a bit of a hubbub going, they've got a bit of a following going, they get some attention, they get some radio airplay, and the Australian Music Prize gives you this huge cash payout, which basically says, hey, you might be a really big name here in Australia, you've probably sold a lot of records, you're probably touring, everyone probably knows who you are, but you are still fucked when it comes to money. So the the thing that you, the thing that you need the most, no matter how big you are as an Australian band, is the money to do your next thing. So You've probably got another mm. album coming or some more film clips you want to do or whatever. And no matter what you want to do, <laughs> you don't have the money to do it. So as well as winning the, the prize itself, we're going to give you a bunch of money. No matter how big you are as a band, we know you probably need the money to keep going. Okay. okay. Hmm. Probably about the same, yeah.
2: There's The equivalent in the UK as well, the Mercury Music Prize. So, um, they have, and that's I think it's a uh, 10,000 pounds, so it's a r- rough equivalency, mm. yeah. So, and they yeah. they have all sorts of um, like random acts that you've never heard of before, mixed with like really big ones, this and the other. And you're like, oh, who's gonna win? It's like, mm. and then mm. there's like just industry leaders all get together and make a big decision, yes. and then yep. it's like totally. the Oscars, yeah, and, and they have a big so party I'm going to assume neither of you have. Had heard or close, seen basically. the band so, yeah, before. So, I, I assumed heard Oz music of the Aussie surprise is similar. Yeah. A similar format. <laughs> mm,
0: awesome. Speak, speak now or forever hold your peace. Um,
1: <laughs> Deathly.
2: Suffering. God, you're such an assumer. God, Liam. No,
0: and it-
2: <clears throat> yeah, of course. Like, of no. course, I've never heard of them before. Definitely not. I was not here in 2007. Mm, yes, which is actually probably a bit – I found uh, that surprising because did I didn't even think they were that well-known um, um, to, to make a dent in the 2007 either. But they charts, got to number two in the areas.
0: area. So, uh, Grant, first impressions. What did you think of the mess hall having presumably not
1: known anything to start? Presumably. I didn't know anything. I was in Australia, um, but um, 2007, eight yes missed this one uh yeah r- really good and and I, I suppose a lot of it felt quite familiar some of it um you know certainly uh, the the one that's you know got the star next to it on the on the apple itunes i know you guys use spotify but um keep walking you know what a <laughs> what a great opening track you're like mm-hmm. okay cool boom yeah this is um this is uh right down my alley so you really enjoyed it hadn't heard of, hadn't heard of them before and um I so said a lot of familiar sounds. And then every now and again, I'd go, like, are these guys? Because I, I didn't, I was totally blind. I didn't research the band or anything. So I was like, are these guys Australian or are they American or mm-hmm. where are they from? And then, you know, find a two piece. Okay, oh, geez, there you go. Yep. And then, of course, the penny dropped because there is somewhere in my research, I, re- I saw something about something for Kate and your man. And I thought, ah, oh, there's a link here again with liam so do you want to tell us about that liam um
0: the only link that i know of is that their first that first ep that i talked about was produced by matt lovell who had produced what something for kate's <gasps> first two albums that's the only link that i know of
1: really mm. i thought i saw something else you, know, I'll, you guys carry on i'll have a look here.
0: they've never yeah they've never played they're, no, they're not particularly related they haven't played a lot together or anything like that as far as I know, not at all, maybe. I yes, Matt Lovell. Sorry, there we go. Yeah. Something for
1: Kate. Mm. No, oh, yeah, produced.
0: Yeah, okay. yeah. which I yeah definitely didn't know about at the time because keeping track of producers and who was doing what wasn't something that I was that interested in at the time. Um, sure. I, I was. Yeah. I, I was more about the purity of the music, not about who was making it. Uh, sure. George, first, what Im- else first in- impressions. Yes.
2: And I thought you were a music fan. <laughs> sweet first impressions. oh okay so i uh, i had yeah obviously never heard of them before thank you liam um so uh, i was having a listen through and i was just like okay they sound like a two or three piece like mm-hmm. i didn't know much i didn't know anything about them so i listened blind as well um and then i was like these guys have been listening to the southern states of america bluesy rock <laughs> stuff gr- and added some grungy elements and everything else and i was just like yep i know what you're about like i, I i've heard your genre so uh yeah you where you make a lot of noise with a couple of instruments and uh so and um, that we've covered mm-hmm. other bands before like white stripes and yeah yes yeah yeah and there are other bands with just like two instruments and vocals so yeah. i was like yep I yeah. know where we're. I know where we're at. So, um, yeah, yeah, because so they a, quite often get that uh, white stripes comparison,
0: uh, though, when they nice were starting out a new back band. in um, a sort new of two thousand three. Make a lot of noise. The white stripes hadn't really little. broken through the um, way yeah, over here the way cool. that they did, or even sort of earlier mm. 2001, 2002. So, yeah, they um the there was a quote that they said. A lot of people I'm influenced by are a lot of old poor guys from the Mississippi who just play really honest and a dirty sort of blues. That's where the mess all come from. We never really set out to be a two piece. It was just something that worked out that way. So, I think it's just, you know, it's, yeah, the obvious comparisons for any two pieces are always going to be the white stripes. But I think there's, and I, th- I think there's similarities, but I don't think they're ever trying to be that, that sort of style in, in the same way. I don't think so either. Hmm. Oh, no. Yeah. No,
1: they're
2: like,. I don't think they're like White Stripes. I don't think they listen to the White Stripes, and when we want to sound like that at all, I think they listen to mm. the same people that the White Stripes listen yeah. to. And just when oh, I want to want to make a grungy kind of like what what they talk about, like a Mississippi blues sound kind of I think was one of the mm. quotes. So like, yeah, like I said, the band aren't really together anymore. So Seth still does sort of, a lot of blues other projects. He's a drummer in a few other bands. He was like, in a drummer yep, before in that's, a few bands before this is that. Where this music comes and from. then
0: uh Jed has actually gone on to be quite a major soundtrack composer. So uh okay. he started he started off doing that. His brother Justin Kurtzel is a director who did a, a film here in Australia called Snowtown, which got a bit of um, rep, and then he did a few other films, so like Assassin's Creed cool. that sort of thing. And then Jed has soundtrack most of his brother's films, but then a few other things as well, so the Babadook and the Alien Covenant movie as well. So he's making quite a bit of a reputation for himself. Unfortunately, nothing of the soundtrack sounds like metal. He doesn't uh, <laughs> doesn't doesn't use that bluesy influence quite as much. They are fairly you know they're the the standard symphonic soundtracks. But yeah, that's that's where he's taken his place now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's awesome. It's good that you've got that breadth of like instrumental kind of knowledge Mm. and stuff that you can go from doing like a two piece blues sound to going on to do some like symphonies and uh soundtracks yeah, yeah no. absolutely yeah. I, d- I wouldn't have. Oh, gu- like, i George. genuinely oh, would not oh. have guessed that you could lift a-, a member of this band out and go they make soundtracks for movies now <laughs> yeah. so mm-hmm. liam oh <laughs> <laughs> yep. i was gonna say liam so why did you bring this particular so I think, album. So, this album's got so a really and good. And why mix. now? Because this is ten two times. years down the there track, are or ten 18 months So, where it why this in,
1: particular in, album? Yeah. Yeah. In podcast land, 65, what, 70 odd episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, the mess.
0: No particular reason now. I did in want to keep Ausland. on my uh, Australian bent that I'm on at the Australian moment. So, theme. yeah, keeping with the Australian albums. And this one's been. I'm not sure if it's in the document as my shortlist, but it's definitely been one that I've always thought of as as end-to-end a classic. Uh, In terms of why this album versus the other one, I think, like I said, the other one didn't quite have the richer, that sort of produced sound. So I think it was going more for trying to capture their live energy, which it does quite well. But uh, I think it doesn't yeah, quite, quite have that same air to it. And the other thing is also this one, both albums are filled with sort of quite heavy, quite fast power rock songs and then a few of the smaller, softer ones. And I think the softer ones work much better on this album than the last one. So I think he he tightened up his vocals a little bit and yeah, a couple of the slower ones on the other one I don't love as much and I, I can, can sometimes tend to skip if I, I'm feeling that way. So yeah, I think this one they really which is the risk it's it's I'm taking a double risk with this one because the beauty about the mess hall is a how they grew as recording artists and b how they were such fantastic live act as well neither of which you'll obviously be exposed to before making the call. Sure. But um yeah, that's why I did yeah, no particular reason at this time, but just something that's been hanging around for a while and I thought, yep, yeah, let's let's do it. <laughs> we do. Mm. Mm-hmm. It is, yeah. The only single off the album, I, I didn't, couldn't find anything about sort of sales so or any of that sort of stuff. So we with um, "Keep Walking," yeah. And the only single, is, is
2: that right? Yeah. mm Hmm. Party. Yeah. <laughs> and then at the so in there the drums at one so, so I've I've written party next to it. Like it's a party tune. Um, and yeah and historic part. I have sometimes just have like the odd adjective. Yeah. Um, and yeah. uh yes yeah, so I've written party and the, the ting ting sounds of the drums sound almost too. like we're getting they were similar guys you <laughs> <like, like, laughs> <cowbell laughs> sound which <is> something <laughs> I am happy with. So yeah I am pro cowbell in uh did you Oh, my goodness. And then also, like, I didn't write the full yes. lyric, but I just, um the first, <laughs> like, thing, first lyric I noticed was when yeah. he just slurs <laughs> out so the So all word, through
0: the album there are a few sort stains. of those sort of more party, like, upbeat, okay. rock, up-tempo rock songs. <laughs> so
2: but like, there's always, especially in the vocals and the lyrics, there's something always a little
0: bit seedy about all of them. So it's not, it's never a clean-cut pop party. It's always just like a dirty rock slash having a bit of a dance, having a bit of a mosh as well. And Mm, yeah. And they yeah. do they do something really cool in the end at the end of this song, so they sort of do the big power riff through the chorus, but then in the very end, I after they're doing the bridge towards the end, there's like an extra sure. little guitar melody in there. So they, they save it right for the end and that's where you would you would get it looped if you were doing it live, but there's just an extra little tinkle in there that I really like.
2: Mmm. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah, I wrote guitar loops, and I said, it sounds like it's an anthem for the desert, you know, like a party in the desert. It's just like that kind of sound. So especially mm. being called Keep Walking <laughs> and the kind of the the theme of the song and everything else, It's just like, <laughs> yeah, I, I that's when I was like listening, going, ah, oh, I know where you're from. I know what you're doing. Like, well, I'm not, no, like, I knew that they were going to be Australian because Liam put them forward, yeah. but yeah. Um, that, like, I, they definitely sounded mm. like they were listening to desert
0: <laughs> Yeah, music so as I was listening like, to this album, you know, like, what, it, um, some um, some I sort of almost kind of thought maybe it's almost—it's not really a theme album, I but there's definitely it, a running through like, oh, a theme running through got it of like that it's sort of an, so an that Australian cool. Western style thing, which um, which is sure. definitely something they carried across from them. And but it wasn't anything that they Jed sat down to do. So I found another quote that it was um, Jed wrote most of the lyrics, and I did point out to him during the mixing that there were a lot of walking themes, but he was surprised as well and he didn't realize that. So when Yeah. hmm, Yeah. Huh.
2: He talks about the stars a lot as well. Like shooting stars and looking at the stars and stuff yeah. like that too in the lyrics. Like in the lyrics that I could find on the internet. Cuz again, you you found like an artist that are very difficult to research. So, um, and difficult to find all the lyrics and stuff for, but um, yeah, i noticed a few times he he sings about mm-hmm. the stars, which is kind of and yeah, yeah walking, which is like very few, Australian outback, Western here sort that of stuff. I like, I'm in a mm. van sure. in a dusty area, and I'm driving somewhere really fast.
0: Yes, so I at pulse. Night. Yeah, so I didn't actually like Pulse the first time I heard it. Yeah, I thought it was a, like I was just hoping but for a whole it, album. The like, pretty really grungy style power offs, but. Over time, oh, yeah. it's. I found it's a real grower, it sort of grew on me a lot. <clears throat>
2: mm. was it ch- mm-hmm. It's really avant-garde. I liked it because it had that um, electronic yeah. sound to the guitar like it, with the high-pitched mm. slides above it. And it was just like a really nice... Um- oh, and then there was a shaker, like an egg shaker. Um, in the percussion, so I know mine too. I'm reading it. So uh, like, who wrote it? Was, <laughs> it right just just felt like um, like, what did I write? Oh my goodness, my handwriting is awful. Um, so, uh, mm. oh, here we go. So with the shouty yeah. lift. And the vocal effects I was like This is very hipster club Mm. Like I could just imagine Like a bunch of hipsters In a club Stomping To this Like track Like it was stompy So the other one was past Mm. And I really liked That line So of the lyrics I could find I was just like Yeah I'm burning Like a new so fast like a newborn star yeah like, yeah go for it mm. it's really it's a yeah exactly
0: quite an unusual song like i've had to pay quite a bit of attention to it and i've realized that the structure is actually still verse chorus verse chorus bridge chorus except that there's no vocals in the chorus so the chorus is actually a melody so during the mel- during the chorus he'll just play a special melody and then come back for another verse and then repeat that same melody again for the later chorus and then at the end he repeats that melody but purely using feedback which I just think
1: is really cool.
2: Mm. Look at you! You've probably listen to
1: it a few more times. Yeah, yeah. We've <laughs> um, yeah. got full,
2: to full dissection. Yeah, That's fair mm. enough. So, oh, so can I tell you something funny? Yes. When I was um, writing, so I I've been listening to the album since you nominated it and stuff, and just and then um I put it on to write my notes, and I started writing my notes like down properly, um and I was like, oh, I didn't feel right, and I was like, okay, I'll, I'll keep writing, I'll keep writing, and then I realised I had it on shuffle, and <laughs> I was <laughs> like, oh no, <laughs> oh. so oh, so geez. I was like, right, I have to go back again, so I got all the <laughs> way um up to like um five, I got half got like through half the album and then went oh no man i've got to go back yeah. so uh, so i could put things in the right context um mm. yeah so uh, it was quite funny so i had them all in the wrong order because but-
0: the order is important in this album i think like in most yeah. in most albums it is but i think yeah the True. the balance between the power rock songs and then the softer ones then the order that they take place is really important so yeah Mm. I'm glad you went back, George. Thank you. Cause, cause, yeah, cause it, I did. Because oh. it might have ended up being like, oh, why is it so heavy in the first half and then soft for the entire second half, and that would have just been
1: unfortunate. No, not the case. Yes. Yes.
2: Yeah, so I've I've made sure I've written notes next to them, like party or stompy yeah, um, and things like that as well to to remember. So I've got them mm. in the right order. But yeah, it was cool. So we, yeah, so I didn't. I actually I really enjoyed going into pulse. So it it wasn't a grower for me. I really enjoyed going into that. Mm. Um, like a bit more of that grungy avant-garde sound. It was cool.
0: Grant, did you have any favourite songs you wanted to talk about?
1: Look, I think
2: um, I,
1: I, I thought I thought City of Roses' "Load Left." Mm-hmm. Um, wow, well, "Load Lift is like really, really, really good one. For yeah, a and um, so and, uh, and, uh, yeah, I was "Load lift-
0: no less got like that gentle cannon and then just that gentle plucking of acoustic, which I that was I think one of the production tricks that they probably would have skipped if they'd done this in the previous album, but in this one Burke knew how mm-hmm. to just capture that really nice sound, and it's just a beautiful. Yeah. It's a love song to someone who's died, so that's yeah, really nice, and it's got yeah. the lyric.
1: Bound
0: Yeah, this is really oh. sad and filling that hole. And then there's a bit of ooing as well. There's a little soft. Like, there
2: is ooing. Mm. I've written ooing. Not really yeah, showy, but a, just soft. It's it's a minute 40 before you get <coughs> drums or ooze. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just the acoustic um, and sound with the. Um, and you've got the vocals before anything else joins you. Like, mm-hmm. you've got a whole minute 40 of a f- over four minute track. Of, like no one else is joining in yet. Mm. It's just it's just the Jed man.
1: Yeah. So you'd be everywhere and I carry this load you left. Mm. Yeah. Really um, so I really enjoyed that one. I thought Cookie was also cool, really, like this sneaky, sultry guitar in mm. there and, and really closed really well yeah. um, for mine. I thought, yeah. you know, just shoot. Nice there's neat. the
2: organ in that one, isn't there? Like some kind of, like, there's something in there that mm. was like, oh, like, because I had it on shuffle. <laughs> I, yeah. was like, yeah. what? <laughs> I was just so- like, when did this come in?
0: Yeah, so it's like, a, it's like a muddy sort of turgid stomp of a song. And it starts out, it feels like it's like a small town song about small town sort of villains and stuff. But then in the second half, it almost feels like he's the devil. He's the devil sort of surveying the things that he's done. Uh, which is really cool. So it turn, turns like this really small song into a really big song.
2: And he plays a guitar riff. It sounds more like a bass line than mm-hmm. a guitar line. Yeah. So it's just like it's they don't have a bass. So um, yeah, yeah they, that was. Uh, I thought <laughs> that was a nice play on like it was a traditional bass line that played on the guitar, and it sounded really nice. Um, and then yeah, dropping in with like using the um, like cookie as being that it was like an unsuspecting name for somebody carrying a knife, mm. you know? Like, you don't think of Cookie as being the yeah. kind of, like, character that would do that. But, yeah, it was... Um, so I was like, Cookie, this will be cute. Yeah. And I was no. wrong. <laughs> totally wrong.
1: And I think the, 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 the real... A real great way to finish was that Be Not A Man. Mm-hmm. I thought, yes, see... Um, it really... Um, from I suppose from Keep Walking to, to Be Not A Man, there is this, this, like a the journey in between and it goes to Pulse, which certainly it was a slow burner for me. Um, I agree with you there, Liam, but Be Not A Man in closing was just a really beautiful track as well.
2: Mm. I, re- I really enjoy Crowd. When a crowd gets together to do like the final anthem at the end of an tr- album or something like that, it just feels like you get all your friends around a microphone to mm. sing a bit, or and it's like it felt like a, you know, it's two a.m. in the pub and you're all singing along and that kind of uh, yeah, that <laughs> closing kind of sound time. Yeah. yeah, exactly yeah, that, it's definitely closing time. The
1: great, the great lyrics yeah.
0: It's really cool. And I think it's nice that it's all like men harmonising as well. Like it's it is a song about being a man. And um and it has the horns in it as well. It has horns come in too. Sure <laughs> sort of does. Al- almost like <laughs> almost like a bit of a funerally sort of one. So once again, very sort yeah. of southern gothic um sort of funeral horns. Yeah, like a, that's yes a great song. I've written
2: like a slow march yeah, yeah it was yeah. like a slow march and, and they don't they don't join again for like nearly two minutes into the track mm. and that's when the drums and horns come in and stuff and um, and there's also the lyrics Learn your worry and you for the stars.
1: Some ships will sail forever
2: and never and never and ever and ever to roll. like that's nice. That's yeah. cool. So don't mm. don't anchor your spirit. Yes. And that's a nice note to hear.
0: That's the big uplift moment towards the end where the the male mm. chorus comes in as well, which is really cool. Mm. So yeah, I think not to. I won't. I'll try not to do it too much. But once again, that's another big difference from the first album, where the first album finishes on a very soft song with just him and an acoustic, and it really, it sort of just saps a lot of the energy out of it. Like it's a long, soft song, whereas this one actually, obviously, it's not the big power finish, but it's there's something to it that adds that extra element to it, which I really
1: love. So George, what's any any other ones that spoke to you?
2: Uh, let me. Go, well, I've just written. Uh, sorry, I really enjoyed Lorelai so because good. that. Beautiful guitar <laughs> flailing. Yeah. T- t- oh, is it good? Is it good, Liam? It's so good. It's good. Okay, well, all right. So- I'm I'm completely surprised by that. Um, yeah. yeah. So like driving drums and then the guitar flailing and mm. it's just that kind of. Um, he's in that spoke. His vocals are really almost like speaking rather than mm-hmm. singing. Yeah. Um like and he'll go through a range but it's not like a huge range really but he'll go but it's more like he's he's telling you or he's shouting shouting at you or he's or he's speaking to you or something mm. and it just happens to be in around about the right pitch that he needs to be mm. and so like that's um so in that it was like a real spoken style but then had these little flourishes just um just here and there so it was just a it was kind of like for something that made a lot of noise it was still really lo-fi yeah you know like it it didn't sound like i know you're saying this is more produced than the other album and stuff but mm. it didn't sound too produced it no. sounded like no they were i agree with left- yeah yeah they were left to like make just some dirty noises and it was good and some big sounds and and this one has lyrics that I really like because I have green eyes so (laughs) and you're well yeah I do I want a boy to say that to me. Mm. Please. So uh, that would be great.
0: It's a very it's probably the most western song on the whole album when the piano kicks in at the start particularly coming out of low left like the really softer song and just that piano just hits you like a punch right from the start. And it's, yeah, so it's very Western, like, the, the themes of the song is, like, um, riders are coming, it's like a guy telling, it's not even clear if it's, like, a wife or a, a daughter or whatever, like, the riders are coming, you have to run to town and get an army to come back and defend whatever, you know, the property we're on, but you're not going to get back in time, so I'm going to be gone, so we'll meet up in the afterlife, but you still have to go and do it and get them to come and defend the farm, which is, yeah, I really like and it's, it's, yeah, that really pure, that like, huge frenetic pace all the way through and then the slowdown at the end. So there are lots of songs on this album that change tempo partway through and sometimes, yes. sometimes they'll change back again. And I... I think I love tempo changes a lot. Like I won't say I always love them, but I think I love them a lot. And this one you really does it. You have mentioned it before. I, th- I you know I have, and I do. Change? I do love it. Yeah, um, love I love.
2: A, I like a key change. change. Mm. I, I'm a key change kind of yeah. girl. I, I don't. Um, yeah. I don't know
0: enough to spot a key change. Yeah, <laughs>
2: but like in part one, that's I've written. You know how I've written like Stompy or Party or whatever, mm. to, different things. And um, this one's go got slow intro then yes. party yes yeah. <laughs> <So, laughs> like i do write more notes than that but um yeah it's got that got the um guitar sounds of like the kind of it, it's almost like a wah-wah pedal like, wah-wah, kind of mm-hmm. guitar-y things but um just for like the first 30 seconds and i was like oh that's a nice sound so yeah like you know it was a good it was a good thing but that was definitely the speeding at night with your friends in a van somewhere in the dust. that like, yep. I felt like it was that kind of thing, that kind of journey song. Um travelling album. Like, cool. Yeah, it was a traveling album for sure. Mm.
0: And it's got a bit of um, brass in the chorus, that one as well.
2: Yeah. And which is always but cool. then like they have a whole like big outro of the entire song. So mm. like I I was almost like, oh is that the end of the album? Yeah. You know, just because it was just like, uh-huh. there was like a whole minute of like an outro and you're like, oh, okay. Oh, is this, are we go? And yeah. You're like, a, and you're like, are done here? and then we're like, oh no, we've got, we've got Betty next. And it was mm. like, oh, of course we've still got, we've still got a journey still to got a, go a few on. songs, so, yeah. Yeah, mm. exactly. So yeah, it was, it was really interesting, but it had some really lovely melodies in part one. Mm. So where where he sings, um, the hold on to me, baby, we've got, we've just got to be like that. Melody is just really sweet, like really nice to listen to. Another thing. <laughs> just jumping
0: back to Lorelei for a second, um, he also uses a vibraphone, mm. which is that percussion thing where you smack it and it vibrates against another piece of wood. Cake use it constantly. Uh, but yeah, it's in Lorelei and I always love it when I whenever it appears, so long as it's not overused. Which cake do okay. With, I, but.
2: I had one growing up.
0: Oh, nice. I
2: need to Freaking love playing with it. My yeah. family did not. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was like, <laughs> this makes a great sound. It's like, and the cabasa as well. You know, the beads all around like a drum that you hold. Mm. Um, yeah, I used to really enjoy that too. We had a lot of percussion. For uh, my family, did not realise that a child would very much enjoy playing with that um, yeah. and making all the noise. But yeah, so good, good choice of vibraphone. Mm. And, that's awesome. Like, where did you find that information? Because I couldn't find anything about, um, like, when I was doing some research and stuff, I was, like, looking for who played the organ, who played this. And, and I. I th- is it just because you've got the CD sleeve or something? No, mm. I think
0: it was just, so the vibraphone, I think I just recognised it and then... There was something I think on the wiki page or the Discogs page about Jed Kurtzel playing the organ and the piano and the vibraphone. I couldn't I couldn't find any details about who plays the brass, unfortunately. So I wasn't sure whether that mm. maybe it was just an organ set to the brass setting, although it sounded more authentic than that. So
2: yeah, it did. Yeah, that's fair enough. Mm. Oh. Um, so, so
0: Grant, you also mentioned City ew. of Ro- City of Roses, which mm. might be my favorite song on the album. Oh, just there that we go. opening smash of the guitar what a- and the drums.
1: Yeah. Mm, yeah. Gotcha. Big riff. Great riffs. <laughs> mm. And then he sort of
0: strips it back and it's the like the slinky sort of sultriness and he says he just repeats the line, I'm a born liar who walks like a killer. And it just yeah, you can feel it like oozing all over your soul. And then comes out of that and the tempo change and it becomes all sort of nice, quite clean for the chorus. So the where before it was a bit murkier and a bit darker in the in the sound, this is the chorus mm. is quite clean.
2: But, and he does a scream in that one too, like it's yep. a kind of waily, y scream mm. sound, which is like, yep. Because I've written party next to that one. Yeah. Uh, because it's like, I can imagine that that would be so good life. Mm. That Mississippi guitar riff, that Southern drawl style playing and everything else is just like, it was just a party riff. Like when you got to the chorus, and you're mm. like, yep, yeah, I can totally imagine that being a dancey, like lift everyone up and then yeah. calm them down again.
0: Yeah, so when it comes back from the second chorus, it's like this controlled chaos, barely controlled chaos, and he screams, and there's like instruments wailing all over the place, and then he, a, there's a siren wails, <laughs> and then the whole thing just cuts out for just a clean riff as well, and then come back for the chorus where he just says the city of roses over and over, which is really cool. But yeah, just once again, coming out of Pulse, or it was sort of a bit slower and not quite like that power stuff, and then just smash it right in the face from the, from the opening riff. It was really cool.
2: Because cause then you go into the acoustic quiet kind mm. of like load left. Yeah. And then mm. you bring it back to the party again. Yes. Then, so it's just like, we're like, oh. we're going to lift you up and then we're going to be like, nah, chill so for a bit. Play then, with your emotions. <laughs> like, party, party, chill. you like, you know how a good DJ will read the room and just That's know it. when people just want to go to the bar mm. and, or mm. need to. Yeah, exactly. It was that kind of, that feel, the way that they put the structure together of the record. Yeah, good description. So Liam, yes, what, you your, are. what are your favourite tracks?
0: Um, well, so Keep Walking is obviously a huge standout and like got all the radio airplay. I love City Roses. I love Lorelei and the piano all the way through. Um, and then I love Buddy at the end as well. So the second last one, just that stomping oh. power rock. Um, it's a three, four time. So it's a slightly different time. It's not your standard four, four time. And just yeah the power like it's it's like a power pump on the first piece so like boom 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 boom, all the way through which is really cool and another one that builds up to like a big wailing cacophony and then just yeah goes out with the sort of it's slowly m- gathering momentum and speed and it's speeding up so the tempo changes not in that it changes completely but it's just it slowly increases over time as they're playing the last few riffs which i love Something
2: I've written stompy to party on Mm -hmm. that one. So it was just, when you said it was a stomping thing, I was just like smiling, just like, yep, I've written stomping. (laughs) Like, that's exactly what it is. That is like stomping around in your like clumpy boots in some like hipster club with looking at the floor and uh, enjoying yourself and just like, because the guitar and drums like play together. like they're not playing against each other; they play together a lot on, um, in rhythm. And then the guitar will just do like a little extra flourish, mm. a little extra flourish. But they, but otherwise, that driving kind of like dum 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 it comes from both instruments as well. So mm. it's not just the drums that are pushing you forward. Yeah, it's like the whole thing's pushing you forward. So yeah, mm. that was. Um, I still don't quite know what the song's about. No, I was like, <laughs> I didn't write down I any lyrics like, from it. Sure. Yeah, I was like lyrics largely avant-garde. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I, that's what I write, which is like, which is totally fine. Um, but yes, it was just like I don't know what it's about, but probably about mate, buddy. Does, that would yeah, and um, it's, it's about enough. stomping around and partying. Still, totally. quite a few references
0: so, to walking in there for that one. So yeah, yeah. Let's say it's a secret spiritual sequel to Keep Walking or something.
2: Yeah. So we so we've driven to the desert and now we're walking around it. Is that what we're saying? Yeah. Like we've driven yeah we're stopping. Very quickly, it. and in, we're stomping, stomping around. It. Big old dog Martens. Yeah. Pretty. That's exactly what mountains. I'm imagining. <laughs> yeah. Like, new ones that have been like so like destroyed, that you've taped them up with gaffer, and mm. you're like stomping around in them. That's yeah. exactly what I'm imagining. Yeah. That's awesome. Um. So. Yeah, so yes. So I yeah, I really enjoyed the stomp. I like I like the stompy ones. Mm. I like things that I can stomp my feet to. Like in big boots and just there's something really cathartic about it.
0: Yeah. What did you guys think of Betty, the one that comes before Buddy?
2: Oh, the acoustic y picking yeah. with the slide guitar. It sounded was really he playing slide?
0: Mm, yeah, very country, morose sort of song, but yeah, it's got the slide.
2: Mm. It was pretty dark, dude. It was pretty dark.
0: Betty found the city. Now the city's found Betty in a hole.
1: Yeah. Wrapped, wrapped her up. And wrapped her up, her up and put
2: yeah. her in a
1: hole. Yeah, as
0: a repeating. And, and in
1: the end, she says she rides around. She rides
2: on a carousel. On a carousel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we're, 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 uh-huh. We both, we wrote the same thing. We're, we're so in sync. Yeah. Oh my God, yeah. we've been doing, we've been doing this podcast too long. Too long. long. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I really enjoyed the, like the guitar playing on that one and some of the lyrics are just really they stood out you know how i was saying like with buddy i couldn't tell you but Mm. with um betty i was just like yep i know this story yeah they're they're telling a story now and you have to listen and i found the lyrics and everything so it was yeah it was really good but like um it's dark Mm. it was darker than i expected for for something called betty i just think I think, whoa, Black Betty. And I'm yeah. like... <laughs> Ramjet. And it was not that. Mm. It was not that.
0: Yeah, so know. there's a bit of spookiness all the way through it. So um, Jed, actually, he was living in the Adelaide Hills when he wrote most of the lyrics for the album. So it's the Devil's Elbow is actually the name of a hairpin turn up, on, up in the Adelaide Hills. So... Um, and they sort of said, hey, this is a cool name and it looked really good on an album cover. So I don't think they were too worried about it one way or the other. But um, the house that he was living in, he uh, genuinely believed that it was haunted, the house. Um, so there was, there was lots of creaking noises. And it was a very old-fashioned house. And it was also – there was a lady called Juanita Nielsen who lived in it. She was – um, a publishing heiress, and she waged a campaign against property developers in the area, so she wasn't a fan of people coming in and knocking down stuff. And in, 19, mm-hmm. in 1975, she disappeared, and the general consensus is that she was kidnapped and murdered by these sort of big business companies, and she lived in that house before she died, or before she disappeared. So Disappeared? Yeah, so Jed had a very solid feeling that the house was haunted, and given its history, that's who he sort of kind of believed was around doing the haunting.
2: My word.
0: Yeah.
2: That's a <laughs> Cool dark.
1: story. That's a cool story. Where
2: did you find that? Um, mm.
0: just in some interviews. So Kurtz actually mentioned it that- just
2: some interviews that I've been mm. cutting out of magazines yeah. since two thousand and seven <laughs> and sticking on my wall.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, so it was as just the research I was like looking up interviews about the band and yeah, Kurtz said a couple of times that he thought it was haunted and then Seth was the one who talked about um Winita Nielsen living in there and everything.
1: So wow. So when you say interviews, you, you find these on YouTube or where, where on the um, net?
0: No, normally just just interviews for. Um, I just Google like the name of the band, the name of the album, and then interview. And normally okay. most of the street press stuff that's been archived will be. SEO'd with the name of the band and the name of the album, so some of the old stuff sort of shows up. Cool.
1: So you You're so your good trade at this.
2: This trade is why secrets. he's the podcast dad. He does <laughs> mm. the best research. Well, that's all for the stuff sure. that that's all
0: the stuff that I used to write. So I always know that it's out there. I've just got oh, yeah, to just a matter of tracking of it down.
2: Yeah, I forgot about that. I mm. should always do that search for interviews as well. Oh man. <laughs> You're so good at this.
0: Mm. So did you guys Did you guys have anything else you wanted to talk about before I slide into final pitch mode?
2: because I've written these funny little adjectives next to things um it was like um so for Betty, I didn't get to tell you that I've written like a slow drawl mm-hmm. like a southern drawl kind of sound to that one so I was just like, yep, that's what I would like you to know about that one um, and, then, <laughs> and so I was just like, yes, I just need you to know that I wrote these really cute adjectives um but like I can totally see this being like some like... So many American, uh, Australian people's like favorite album. Mm-hmm. Like I can imagine it being like somebody's like most favorite album. Like not just you bringing it to flawless because I know you've got you've brought many things to flawless. But like um, I can just imagine this being like an album that people heard, held on to, and just went this This is Australian. This is ours. You know, mm-hmm. like it's just like a like a. um I know that they don't want to be compared to people like White Stripes, and I don't think they should be just because they use the same instruments. Um, uh, but like having your own kind of sound, like that lo-fi, bluesy, grunge, rock, party ch- tunes and stuff, I think it's just a yeah, like a I can imagine it being some. I can imagine it being a lot of people's favorite record, and it doesn't surprise me that it won the award from mm. the Australian Music Prize.
0: I Actually, yeah, I don't think it's actually held up that highly by a lot of people. I'm, that style of music slipped out of favour very quickly, which is, you know, neither here nor there. But yeah, I I don't hear a lot of people talking about it when you're talking about bands that influence them and, and that they hold in high esteem. I don't hear the mess hall talked about nearly as much as they should, certainly. But I don't, yeah, unfortunately, I don't hear a lot mm-hmm. of bands doing, holding them up that way, which is, yeah. I wish more people would.
2: Oh, well, let's <laughs> let's see what we can do here. At yeah, World. yeah. <laughs> that's why we have a podcast.
0: Yeah, that's it. That's it.
1: That's it.
0: So, time for my final pitch for Devil's Elbow being flawless. Um, I just think it's a beautiful record. It's ten songs. It's forty-two minutes. There's not a single moment wasted or left a chance. Everything is so very, even when it feels like they're flailing and wailing, it's very tightly controlled. Um, the power songs are sort of super heavy and riffy, but still thoughtful. The soft songs are poignant and heartfelt, and the production is just so even and measured and controlled, without ever interfering with like the true heart and soul of the album, which I think is really important. Like, it's a, there's a level of it there, but it's not ever interfering with what's going on. Uh, it's two expert musicians doing their best work and telling beautiful stories, and that's why I think it's flawless.
2: You wrote that down, didn't you? You, yeah, that. you wrote, wrote that. I down. always oh. write my I always <laughs> write my final
0: pitch these days. Otherwise, I forget. I, like <laughs> I'll be editing it together and I'm like shit I knew I meant to say this other thing so yeah
2: nice I definitely write my final oh, pictures yeah.
0: down these days uh, okay. Grunt. let's start with you thumbs up or thumbs down and a oh. uh, reason why
1: well I think it's it's worth reflecting on, on on the whole album I suppose before we go thumbs up or thumbs down I think mm-hmm. I don't like it just thumbs up or thumbs down jeez sure. um, um, but but it's a, it's a it's a good way to rip the band-aid off I suppose um. This this from keep walking. Absolutely amazing opening track. I thought was certainly a challenge for me to go into pulse, which George loved, and you also acknowledged on your side was, you know, was a slow burn. However, you know, second, third, fourth, fifth time you're going to listen to it, I actually found wow. You know, that's um, that actually works quite fine. And um, every now and again, I'm not sure that I would say it was. It's it's. Perfect in a couple of your descriptions were really, you know. I need to write my write down my finishing <laughs> statements for mine, obviously. Um, but every now and again, it was like I said, a retail on the pulse, you know, a little bit iffy and then it fades. Um, and there were another couple of ones where I go, Oh, you know, Cookie's got a great finish, and then the other one sort of doesn't, and then, um, and then it finishes off so very nicely with, with Be Not a Man. And, um, I think that probably one of the the most frustrating things about the album is the fact that I didn't bring it to this flipping <laughs> forum. Well, okay.
2: <laughs> so
1: yeah. I, I will give you a thumbs up. I think it is flawless. I think it's a great album. I think there are very, very good musicians. Um, and it's a, it's just a, it is a journey as we mentioned before. And I need to, I need to dwell on that, but, um, great album. Thank you for bringing it thoroughly. Enjoyed it. Um, couldn't find fault except that I didn't know about the album earlier. So thank you. You get my flawless um, approval. For cool nomination. Over to you, George. Come on, let's see. Are we going to dance or what? Just
2: throw it to the ginge and there yeah, we go. There you go. Well, there you go. No pressure. No, no, There's always pressure. This is what we do to each other. I don't. Oh. I don't know how we're still friends. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, there are tracks on here that are just like um i wish i'd heard sooner like um we're talking what 13 years now mm-hmm. um i wish i'd heard sooner and i imagine that if i was in a club now and they played some of them i would be i'd go i don't know who this is but i'm gonna dance i'm gonna dance this i'm gonna and <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, um, that is who i am i am that person who will dance to something i will sing along to a song i've never heard before. Nice. Um and so there are total that, like that's why I've written like Party, Party, Stompy and stuff like that next to it because I'm like I wanted to remind myself of what I experienced when I was listening to this um listening to the album. Um so there are so many beautiful things about it. But the problem I had and I'm sorry to do this <laughs> was that oh! I just thought oh! that some of them would if if they were shorter i would be oh. much happier so we talk i know George. liam you love a good tempo change uh, but sometimes i'm like if they just ended it at mm-hmm. like a minute oh. like at, like three minutes instead Can't of three and a half <laughs> instead of four and a half minutes yeah. then i'd be like i'm all over it but um there was just a few times where i was like nah, i'm just gonna Like, I've heard this song now and I pushed ahead and I felt really bad. And because I was like, yeah, I'm like with Cookie as well. Mm -hmm. I was like, there's so much I loved about it. But then I was like, it's over five minutes long. And I didn't feel like it needed to be. I felt like it was just really good. um, And I really enjoyed like the dropping in of the organ and stuff like that. And the raw heaviness and like the bassy sounds. But then I was like, I'm done. Yeah, I'm like you've given me you've given oh. me what you're supposed to. So I, for that reason, I'm really sorry to Australia, yeah. and I'm really sorry <laughs> to, uh, the to, I'm, I'm to to Australia. You're on to a, a I'm nation and the nation that's taken me in for the last yes. five and a half yeah. years. Um, oh. Yeah, I know. But like, there's so much I loved about it, but it was just I felt like this would have been if this was one of those like. 10 songs in 31 minutes kind of like situations i'd be like all over that shit Mm -hmm. um but i just felt like a few times um like they they could have reined it in and um it's not that they it's not that it was bad music it was just that i just felt like i'm like i've heard this now yeah and i'm ready so i'm sorry that i can't give it a flawless um that's okay but I do feel happy that I've been able to listen to the album, so that's been really good. And you've yeah. introduced me to more Australian music, yeah. Which is it's, what I should. It's be interesting because so, yeah. I
0: think looking through the songs now, I think the way they end is probably my favorite. One of my favorite things about all these songs is so many of them just do something special on the end instead of just finishing, which I think is probably one of my favorite things about one of the songs. So interesting perspectives.
2: Yes, mm. sometimes girls just want it to finish. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: And that's fair enough too. Okay, cool. (laughs) Well, couldn't quite get it across the line. Got very close, but uh, I will keep trucking on to try and get these Australian albums across the line um, or just give up and go and nominate an English album instead, which is what I'm thinking of doing next time. Uh, We (laughs) want to thank everybody for listening. We have Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We are Flawless AMP on all of those. And we also have our brand new Facebook group, which we would love for you to join, and all you have to do to join up is to tell us one of your favorite flawless albums. And uh, I, I assure you, we are not judging people based on what they state is their flawless album of choice when they nominate for the group. So you can we find just the link. judge for each that. other. No, no, that's no. right. Yes, no, we're not. I'm not we excluding each anybody other, from the group. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I won't exclude anybody from the group for their flawless album choice much as my hipster heart would love me to so yeah you can find the link to that in our show notes uh thank you grant and george thank you again everybody for listening uh, we also have a patreon patreon.com slash flawless amp you can check us out and if you back us you will get access to our bonus episodes as well uh, other than that uh thanks again for listening and we will see you next time